Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast, coming up on this episode... Deco! Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. I'm joined in the virtual room, filled with some of the Lions. I've got Ollie and I've got Chris, and I'm going to go straight for it. What are you guys most looking forward to this weekend? I already know what one of us is looking forward to. You know what? I'm looking forward to spending some time with my family. I'm looking forward to seeing some extended family who I haven't seen in ages. I'm looking forward to Chelsea playing. And more than anything, I'm just looking forward to having a bit of a rest. It's been a long week. It's been, it has been a long, a long, short week. Now, yeah, a long, I, short week. I know that Chris has something he's looking forward to. What are you looking forward to, Chris? Women's FA Cup final, baby. Oh, it's going to be good. Which has been an absolute nightmare because the railway have decided that they're just not going to Wembley on yeah. Sunday uh, oh, or no. coming back or coming back. So I've had to drive now. Ooh. So that's cost me. That's cost me more. A lot more than the train did, which is a bit annoying. Uh, but yeah, really looking forward to the game, actually. A little bit nervous because my daughter hasn't actually been to a game where we've lost yet. <laughs> that oh, is the it's joy. Mistakes, isn't it? It, it's, it really it, is. Yeah, I can only imagine yeah, that. You could argue that makes her a good luck charm. And so you're guaranteed to win. That is well, true. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, that is true. Fingers crossed they get it over the line. They've got Sam Kerr, who's just won the Player of the Year award for... Sam Kerr scores goals. That's all she does. I'll have to double check what the... An FWA... I I couldn't remember what the um, acronym was. I was like, Footballer of the Year? Who who was given the award out? For the cultured among us. Foire. Foire. (laughs) Uh, And and the day prior, it's Eurovision. So, you know, living it up, living it up in the the UK we are this weekend. I mean, for me, I'm heading to Ikea. It's not quite Eurovision. Listeners are on the edge of the seats now, probably to leave the room. You know, so, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to the Football League playoffs. That's starting off. You've got Sunderland, Luton, Bolton, Barnsley, Coventry and Borough. That's to name a few. I won't get through all. I wanted to hear more about IKEA, to be honest. Hey, hey look, to, gonna to get, be Are you going to get the meatballs? Well, I'll report They're back. actually, they're good and very reasonably priced. I'll report back on how my flat pack of furniture adventure went on Monday's episode, though. Don't worry. Don't worry. All right. You, we, we've got to, you know, this is the hard-hitting stuff. This is what the listeners want to hear. People definitely don't skip this bit. Yeah, I could get it back to my car and go, I have overestimated the size of my boot. Bollocks. So, with that, let's hit the news. Oh, it's that time of the week as we're going to check out the news that you may have missed in the elevator of Chelsea News. Conor Gallagher remains on Newcastle's wanted list and Mason Mount was also discussed previously. However, Mount would require them to break their wage structure. Atletico are interested in Aubameyang and Kukurea. There is already regret at Chelsea over the way Lukaku's season-long loan to Inter Milan with its relatively small 6.9 million loan fee was handled last year. Chelsea are to disband their loan army as part of a revamped player development strategy. Chelsea thrashed Leicester City to move a point behind women's Super League leaders Manchester United with a game in hand. Kovacic is likely to be sold this summer. Possible destinations include City and Bayern Munich. 
Chelsea have frozen season ticket prices to appease the fan base. Chelsea are unlikely to stand in the way of Thiago Silva if the Brazilian informs the club that he wishes to make an emotional return to Fluminense this summer. And finally in the news, England legend, legend Peter Crouch has a a new documentary coming out on Amazon. A trailer did drop this week and it's titled That Peter Crouch Film. And it does mean I get to retell the Nacho story. So this story, guys, is it goes that a hungry Crouch once barged into a Mexican takeaway and obnoxiously demanded he be given a a bowl of nachos on the house. And after being served by the surprised employee, the striker then stood at the counter savouring his precious tortilla chips, all the while proceeding each bite with the loud proclamation that Crouch is having his nachos. Um, Crouch is... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Crouch I'm has. Just, I'm. I'm sad he has that denied this. The... He, he has denied happened. this. He says he denied this story is true at all. But if Arsenal fans can believe they could, didn't bottle the title, I can bloody believe in Crouch. He wanted nachos. It, it definitely happened, and it, there was probably <laughs> some some alcohol involved. I imagine because I, you know, Peter Crouch seems like such a lovely person. I imagine he probably wouldn't do that I, sober. But I think you know, it was I'm on just, it, the Guardian it, Football it, Week like a decade or so ago. It's a shame that they didn't what uh, that they didn't call it Two Meter Peter, the documentary. <laughs> that would been such a good thing to call it. Oh my word! You need to be his publicist. Ah uh, well, uh, Big Pete, if you're ever you know if you're ever looking for anyone, call him up. So what? I'll go to Chris. What from this week's news has grabbed your attention? I mean, to be fair, that's that's quite a slow news week for Chelsea yeah, let's be honest <laughs> pretty much but nobody's been sacked no major scandals no nothing. one's been sacked yet yet I it's mean yet. Atletico Madrid won in Aubameyang and Kukurea that's a weird one I, I mean I, I we, kinda... got, we we sold the Morata remember I'm, yeah, I'm wondering if fair, they're thinking about like the their La Liga form both of them hmm. Atletico do have a habit though of signing odd people like they've They've signed Soyuncu, haven't they, from Leicester as yes. well? Yes. That is a bizarre signing. They have a habit of yeah. giving us our money back for players that we don't want. <laughs> they, they do. We I'm have a back of Yoko. I'm wondering remember... whether with with those two being interested with two Atletico, though, whether that would include Felix in a I, roundabout that's way. That's what I imagine. It's probably partially a make-weight for that. We've contacted them going, look, who do you want? Because we, we want to do Felix, but we we don't want, you know, to spend 88 million or whatever it is for a loan yeah. and then a, a transfer fee. And they've uh, gone, well, these two are okay. I, I just don't I just don't think Felix will be a permanent signing. I, I, is that, I could be is very that a biscuit wrong. bet, Mikey? No, gonna... I'm not that confident, <laughs> but I just feel no. that it won't happen. It just seems... It's going to be up to the new manager, isn't it? It's not really. I was going to say, put your biscuits where your mouth is, but that's where you're supposed to put them. (laughs) That's true. That is very true. (laughs) Um, I'm not. I've not got biscuits, but I've got three bits of news. I'll little little bit of depth. I mean, latest on talks between Chelsea and Pochettino are now that they're moving forward to the final stages and they're advancing. I mean, Chelsea apparently want to make the best choice and they're taking their time. Nothing is signed or done yet. And it it's kind of very much news you already knew, but with a different headline. I mean, it's at this point, I just kind of ignore Fabrizio Romano's tweets about Poch and just wait for the, the phrase. Yeah, we're just... I wait for the phrase club statement to appear on the website because that man, yeah. that man right now could tweet, I've won five million pounds. I'd never know. I won't be picking that prize up. I just ignore it, it now. We're like, in the we're in the the part of the news cycle where people are just recycling the same bit of news and bringing it out as something new. 
Mm, you know exactly because so far with this this saga we've had more final stages than eurovision you know like so (laughs) it's unbelievable thank you i I mean the thing is the thing is with this if listeners hate this gossip and and all these tweets with the same headlines etc same news recycled day in day out you are gonna bloody love june july and august when it's the transfer window you know what i would january was bad enough Go on, yeah. Chris. Do you, know, do you know what I would say to people? Just come off Twitter because yeah, just resign. I, I haven't heard any news at all. Basically, Mikey, I rely on you now for all my. Oh, news. nice. Well, <laughs> oh, that's oh, that, I'm that in, in the know. Power that, Mikey. Mateo yeah. Kovacic potentially leaving with multiple parties interested. I mean, oh no. He, <laughs> Look, he's, he is he no. is he is a world-class dribbler in the midfield third and it, it look it doesn't translate into the box and obviously his stamina has recently has certainly been drained for him like like me after a few drinks i guess but he's recently also become an uh, injury prone and i feel this is probably he's got one year on his deal after obviously next season his final year I feel this is probably the perfect chance to cash out on the doo-doo he served us so well I know if if I'm Poch I'm I'm taking my Kovacic to the casino kiosk I'm exchanging him for dollar bills and just heading straight to the nearest dealer to purchase a Romeo Lavia or a Manuel Ugarta you know you're trading in that reliable but seasoned motor for a a lovely new sports model it's a it's going to be a great start to the summer I feel but uh, would you miss Kovacic if he left no Okay, uh, that's fair. It, <laughs> it, it sounds it sounds harsh, but not really. Oh because, no, not harsh at all. He just went no. It, he's he's had he's had some some very good moments for us, and uh, you know, been a really good servant to the club. But I think we can all kind of see his heart's not really here anymore. What uh, gave you, know, you that he, idea? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the masterclasses he drops exclusively for Croatia. I'm not sure, but uh, you know. Like, I, I think he just, I think he probably needs a new challenge, so, something new, um, you know, and wherever he'll go, I'm sure he'll thrive because he is world class at what he does. But I think we just need a, a player who can provide a bit more. He's, I think he's too much of a specialist to be able to have to rely on him as like a core midfielder for for like the foreseeable future. So I, th- I, I, I wouldn't be unhappy to see him go and, you know, get 40 million for him. That's more or less what we paid for him, I think. So, you know, uh, oh, money yeah, money I think we bought him for like 38. Something like that. Yeah, I, like, so. I was quite shocked to see he. Uh, we are his longest-serving club because previously he'd been at clubs Zagreb, Inter, and Real Madrid for three years. Each. That's mad, considering how much he won at Real Madrid. Oh, he just won a trophy every week. I mean, I suppose he, he didn't play that much, though, did he? Uh, well, I just pulled up Wikipedia very quickly, just in case you asked me that. Uh, it says seventy-three games, but it's probably more than that, including cups and everything. Um, yeah. Okay, finally, and I, I know Chris will love this because it's a bit of clickbait. Finally, The Standard put up an article, which this could be a segment on its own about news outlets and their absolute trash clickbait headlines. So, a Chelsea youth exodus. Oh, oh, exodus continues with Dujon Sterling joining Rangers on a free. First of all, I would like to clarify that Dujon is 23 and has only played 15 minutes for our first team. Now, when did 23 years old classify as a youth player? Because if it does, that makes Rafa Leal, Rhys James, Pedro Neto and Jonathan David some seriously promising youth players right now. Yeah, it's all relative, uh, isn't it? It's about like it's about probably first team minutes, really, when people are talking about youth. They're talking about prospects. Isn't what it? do you think, Chris? I hate the whole 
the system with age thing. It's like young player of the year, and it like you get like twenty three <laughs> year olds winning young player of the year, and you think, well, he's not young, though, is he? He's nowhere near young. Like, I think it, it, it's. I don't know whether they mean it like as in he come through the youth system, or because you can't be calling him young at twenty three, and you know his biggest achievement is what playing for Blackpool. I, 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 I don't think he's going to be a player that in five years' time we're all talking about. Oh, he was another one who got away. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> it's I think it's it's one of those where like if we could have gotten some money for him, that would have been great. But I don't think, especially with Malagusto coming in, I don't think it's any great loss. And um, so I, I would thought, rather, you know, I would rather lose him on a free than have give him a new five year deal. And then trying to get rid of him for five years where we just keep going out on loan and then we'd never be able to get rid of him until he well, retires. Well, we're not doing that anymore, are we? Because we can segue into talking about the, um, the new loan, the changes, yeah. can't we, Mikey? I mean, why would we give a player a five-year deal? That's not. That's a bit short. I mean, <laughs> yeah, nine, ten? Us now, yeah. No, we don't do yeah. that. I, mean, I always feel like Todd Bowley turns up and like what happens is, is when you sign a... a, a, a a contract. What happens is, is like you make you prick your finger, you sign it in blood, and like a pentagram appears, and there's all this black smoke, and then you know, and then you you know, you pay, but not with money. <laughs> you know. Um, what, a, what did you think about Thiago Silva as well? That that seems to have only happened literally as we're recording on the Friday. I think it's. I think for for everything that he's done for the club, um, I, I wouldn't be unhappy. To see him go, he's been an absolutely fabulous servant. You know, like I don't think anyone can dispute he's been a fantastic player. But you know, the the inevitable passing of time has slowed his game a little bit. He's still fantastic, but I think maybe maybe now it's time for some of the the younger, more less experienced but very talented young centre backs to sort of take centre stage. It would be nice if we could have had him for one more year, just so some other players could like deputise under him, and he could sort of play that Aspilaqueta role, which is like on the bench most of the time. But I get he wants to play. You know, and so I, I think you know it. He's got my blessing if he wants to go. It, it could be we lose our player of the season. Oh, uh, what do you think, Chris? Final word on it. It's a bit concerning to me actually that I think a few months ago he was talking about how he wanted to stay for a, a, at mm. least another year, and then he he did that statement about sort of the direction of the club not being right, and now all of a sudden he wants to leave. It's just a it's not a great review of where the players think the club's going. That's a slight concern for me, but it could just be maybe started to feel it in his legs towards the end of the season and thinks, does he want to do another year at this level? And Because let's face it, you only have to have one bad year at the end of your career, and that's what you're remembered for. Like We all remember how Ivanovic is sort oh, of remembered yeah. now, even though yeah. he was unbelievable in his prime, but he had that he, he stuck around one season too many. Yeah, and that's why like everyone 15, remembers 16 him. season or whatever. Yeah, and, like, and that's his what... legs had just gone. And, and, and now everyone says, oh, Ivanovic, great player, but his legs went. Yeah, oh, and that's, it's, that's, it's the same yeah. with Aspilicueta, really. Yeah. He stuck around for one year too long as well. So maybe he's thinking that. I mean, I think but... some players, like a skill actually for some players is knowing when when to to make that move. And, yeah. you know, mm. Thiago Silva is a smart enough guy. If he If he knows the jig is up, you know, he's had like a Benjamin Button-esque sort of uh, oh, yeah. you know, ability to stop himself from aging physically. But, you know, he, but the passing of time comes for everyone. And, you know, if he's if he wants to go back to Brazil, go back to Fluminense, you know, meet, uh, meet up with Marcelo where they where they began together. Mm. 
you know it's sort of like i know it's it's kind of like it's good for everyone yeah the we'll, way I see we'll it. see well i mean ivanovic just um just one little word on that he he's arguably one of the greatest right backs in the premier league era he's up yeah. there with gary neville dennis Irwin. you know simple as that but obviously like you said chris you remember the final season and his west brom cameo appearances yeah. and you think and it's not fair it isn't fair what we are going to do this week though we're not we're not diving into one of the postseason topics we've got reserved you know but we're going to go to an old school segment we like to call cult heroes and and this time we're going to be taking a look back at a player who starred for Mourinho's Porto and he was expected to follow the manager to Chelsea in 04 but then he chose Barcelona instead it's a theme that still happens this damn day um he helped transform an underperforming Barcelona team into European champions in just two years while playing alongside Xavi and Iniesta. And this was a Barcelona, remember, that before Frank Young Rijkaard was hired in 2003, the team had gone through five managers at the start of the 2000s. And it, it of course, it is the one and only Anderson Luis de Souza, or as we know him, Deco. Deco. Fancies one himself. The perfect start for the Portuguese playmaker. And that just about wraps up. Now, cool. Deco. Well, according to the official Barcelona website, his nickname Deco comes from Decozino, a nickname given to a young children who miss out words when speaking. So there's an interesting fact for you. Uh, he, was, he was born and raised. He... In Brazil, he acquired Portuguese citizenship and represented Portugal at international level, as we all know. Started his career at Corinthians and whilst competing in the Copa Sao Paulo de Football Junior. Long tournament, that is. Benfica scout Tony suggested him to the club, who signed him and sent him out on loan to Alverca. Alverca won promotion in his season on loan and then he left Benfica for, I am so sorry at this pronunciation, but Salgueros in exchange for Nandino. Deco struggled with injuries at Salgueros and only made a few appearances before being signed by Porto in 99. And it was just in time. It was in the March, actually, to help him win the league championship. That's that's insane when you think about it as well. It's 1999. But he won 10 trophies whilst at Porto, including the UEFA Cup and the Champions League. He got man of the match in the Champions League final, footballer of the year and runner-up in the Ballon d'Or for 2004. After the conclusion of Euro 2004 and that final, he moved to Barca for 15 million euros and Ricardo Quaresma. A lot of money at the time. Oh, it was insane. I mean, Quaresma was like meant to be the next Ronaldo before Ronaldo, you know, had that sort of, oh, it's the next Messi, the next Ronaldo. I mean, now some listeners might not remember his time before Chelsea because let's be fair, it was the 90s and into the really early noughties. But can you sum up how good a prime deco was, Chris? He was he was sort of a he was sort of a mixture, I would say, between Xavi and Iniesta. He could he could control a game like Xavi did, but he had an ability to attack and score goals. He scored some great goals, actually. Mm. That's probably the thing I remember most about him is he had a fantastic long range shot on him. But he was he was he was he was an old school all-action centre midfielder, like you, which you don't really get now. Like They're more specialists now, aren't and they? Actually, you get holding was, players, attacking players. He was quite small players. in stature as well for, for being Yeah, especially, especially for the time as well. Like yeah. It was before 
it was before centre mids could be built like Luka Modric, really. It was or like Baraki, sort of, you know. Yeah, it was a time when it when they teams wanted six foot four powerhouse centre midfielders. So he was sort of a trailblazer in that way. He was um, he was unbelievable for Porto, especially under Mourinho. Mm, I mean, do you do you remember much of his prime time in uh, in Porto and Barcelona, Ollie? Uh, no, because um, <laughs> I was born in '98. Oh. Um, but uh, but you know what? I, I I did watch him. You know, when I was a kid for Chelsea, when he when he did sign for us, and I remember my dad specifically being really excited because, of course, he had seen him in his prime. Going, this mm. this guy's amazing, and he could just do stuff with the football that actually I don't think anyone else in the squad, considering the talent there, this is quite an indictment that anyone else in the squad could actually do at the time. I mean, the, so, the, you know, yeah, so, so talented. I mean, the trio of Deco, Messi and Ronaldinho was just poetry. I mean, it was fluid. It worked effortlessly. And it, it I mean, I guess because you could say Messi and Ronaldinho at the time were more an attacking two and Deco was behind them. So is it really a front three? But, you know, it doesn't get as the amount of respect that Messi, Neymar, Suarez and Messi, Pedro, David Villa get. And of course, again, you could say, well, Deco compared to Villa and Suarez is not He's not a forward, he's a midfielder. But still, you know, you have iconic trios. And I'll I'll hand those flowers out because they are deserved. And his time at Porto is obviously nearly 20 years ago. But I, I actually thought I'd go and speak to some Porto fans. And they they believe that he ought to have won the 0-4 Ballon d'Or due to just being extremely close to winning that. Obviously, the, the, he won the Portuguese League, the Champions League in Euro 2004. Obviously, he didn't win so that. They lost to Greece, didn't they? That's a good argument, to be fair, isn't it? Mm, if he'd have won that final with the... With Portugal, who did win it? Greece. Yeah. No, not no. The Ballon d'Or. Uh, well, Shevchenko. Uh, another yeah. another former. Well, at that time, future, but former blue. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's you know he he's Where was iconic. Shevchenko in... playing at the time was it Milan? Milan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he won it with thank you Google 175 votes to 139. Yeah, it's not so, far that away. A, that, well, that is a bit unfair on Deco, considering considering he won the Champions League with Porto that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's quite uh, bad, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And you know, he, look, he is he he is a magician with deceptively high work rate. You know, Scolari modified the lineup as well to accommodate, you know, the European champion midfield, which was essentially Porto. It was Costinha, Manish, and obviously Deco, and he did play a key role in Portuguese Portugal's impressive run to the final and one one fan actually did say that it was a shame that he was so exhausted in the final game of the tournament otherwise the result could have been different against Greece and another one example of a top performance in a top game he was the reason that Larson didn't lift the UEFA Cup with Celtic you know his performance in that final is is art I mean in the following season's Champions League quarterfinal against Leon he bags three assists and a goal Porto won 4-2 on aggregate that's a key part in every goal so and Whilst I was researching Deco, his highlight reel at Barcelona was just wild. You know, just seeing how he would get out of tight spaces. I mean, that dude had more moves than an octopus in a wrestling match. I absolutely was just, it was just a joy to go back in time and, and view all this. I, I'll, I'll touch on his Barcelona days. So despite obviously Barca's success on the pitch, there was apparently attitudes off it, started to come under a bit of scrutiny. And according to Alexander Kleb, 
The club was concerned about Deco and Ronaldinho's possible negative influence on a young Lionel Messi because apparently they were they were showing up to training a little bit worse for wear after a few drinks on a night out. I'm going to assume. Although Ronaldinho loves to party, doesn't he? So... <laughs> I'm going to assume it was probably more than just the once. So obviously we all know the story about how Guardiola made the decision to let Ronaldinho go. Well, obviously let Deco go as well, and that obviously allowed him to reunite with his former Portugal manager Felipe Scolari at Stamford Bridge. So he joins our midfield. Now, wait for it. We already had Balak, Essien, Mikel, Makaleli, and Lampard. My <laughs> Just... God. That, that, that midfield selection would dominate anyone in Europe today. I'm yeah, not, I'm that, not that, even joking. That is world-class squad depth. I mean, some pundits questioned, and Chris touched on it earlier about uh, his frame, you know, if the small playmaker could handle the, the league's physical nature. And, Deco himself had a lot of faith in his own abilities. And he said, quote, it is just a matter of adapting to the culture and any good player can do that. I believe I have the qualities to adapt and I don't think that'll be a problem. So obviously the mood at Chelsea at the time was a bit weird. You know, it was a wilderness of, you'd say positivity, but also sadness because we just lost the Champions League final the season prior. Uh, was Deco to be our final piece to set up this Chelsea dynasty? Well, the midfielder did enjoy an outstanding Debut, you know, he won man of the match honours and he scored an incredible goal against Portsmouth. Well, oh, it was the world it was, it really was. And then he backed it up against Wigan with an outstanding free kick winner, earning. I remember that. I, I remember watching that game when oh, I was, was a, a little kid. And I, I was, and that was uh, like I was saying earlier when my dad was saying how excited he was that he, he was he was playing for us. And then, you know, I'd never seen a player like him at the time. Hmm. Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, and he reserved his obvious most notable goal until a match against Bolton in December of 2008. And he, he beats UC Askelinum. Hey, remember him? Remember him? Oh. <laughs> With uh, a flawless bicycle kick. I mean, do you have any memories, Chris, of those early days under Scolari? Uh, uh, Gecko's another one of those players, I think, who falls into the category of we probably signed him too late mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in his career, a bit like we did with Shevchenko. And I think what held Deco back at Chelsea, because again, in the early days, he actually started really well, as you just said. Yeah. But I think what held, what held him back long-term was Lampard, like not through Lampard's fault, but they, they was players who wanted to occupy similar spaces. It, it was a, it was a, a midfield that didn't have a lot of balance when you played the both of them. And obviously, you look at the number of goals Lampard got, it was almost a decision between the two of them. And you're always going to go with Lampard, who scores 20 goals a season. Mm. You know, when like, like you just said there, when you look at the other players we had, we didn't really need him. And I think that was part of the problem. It wasn't like he was brought in with a plan of how to actually use him. And I think once Scolari left, especially, that's when he struggled the most. But... Those early days, it looked like we'd signed another world-class player, and he could have been, but it just was one of them that just sort of fizzled out. And then I don't really remember him after the early days. I think that's that's really that's probably the, the sort biggest of sums sort of, it up. Yeah, the the biggest point of all is that actually post Scolari, people don't tend to really remember his time at the Bridge so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I bet you can't name who we signed. We only signed two players that summer. Uh, we did sign Fabio Payne as well on loan, but two signings for money, Deco and who was the other one? Was this 2008? 08, yeah. 
Can I take a punt at this? Because I think I feel you're going to get this. It, it, was it like Sean Wright Phillips? <laughs> it was not. It wasn't. Oh, I feel uh, like that was a good guess. It was around that time, I think. It was the iconic Jose Basingua. Oh, Basingua, wow. the man, it's... the myth, the monobro. Yeah, I, I mean, it Talk did about go... cult heroes. Exactly. I, I didn't think. I didn't think he was with us for that long either. Oh, I, I honestly cannot remember. Bussing were, I remember him. Some, you said about his uh, Champions League lift. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'd never forgive him for that. Never forgive him for ruining that, that Champions League lift. I mean, he was uniquely bad, though, at times. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. Like, he well, really was. Like, I, you know, I've, I've done a lot of digging and looking and researching into the into the 2011-12 season specifically as well, just around, like, just Chelsea's season and and all the little like twists and turns and stuff that happened during the season. Uh, and Basingua is not a liked person. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, well, it, it did go south though with Deco. Scolari was fired in February after three wins in nine games. Bloody hell! De- I mean, I we would have begged for that this season. That, that's a good run of form, though. Three, <laughs> yeah, three I mean, Graham wins. Potter would still be here if he did that. Fucking <laughs> three wins. I'd have, I'd have taken that. I mean. You know, you can tell that the boys gave everything in the game back then. They did because <laughs> simple. You as can that. tell that was a that must have been a classic Chelsea player rebellion. That <laughs> I mean, Hiddink famously took over. Deco battled for appearances and form throughout that second half of the season. He did express publicly his disappointment about replace uh, sacking Scolari, and but the Blues they won the FA Cup despite finishing third in the league, and we were eliminated by Barcelona from the Champions League. Although Deco was left off that match day roster for the FA Cup was final. Was that the painful season against Barca? Yeah, was that the, the painful semi final? That was the one, one Iniesta one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. the Iniesta one, which uh, Drogba said it was a disgrace and it was. And whatever yeah, yeah, the, the ref's all. name. It, I can't remember the ref's name, but every time I see it, I go, that's him. That, that's, that's, another post-season, <laughs> that's a postseason content episode if ever there was one. Oh, uh, he, he did stay for another season. He was only there for the two under Carlo, thriving in the 4-4-2 Diamond, Anelka, Deco, Lampard and Drogba. If those names ring a bell, they should, because they combined for a goal against Bolton that I feel Great one goal. day, oh, I feel one day we will do a deep dive on that. But I love that goal. It's so my, that might be one of my favorite one of it probably top three Chelsea goals of it's all time. Beautiful. It, it, it's just beautiful. Uh, he did obviously injury problems hit hard, and he did become a rotational player uh, before moving back to Brazil to retire at Fluminense. I mean, can you sum up in a few words Deco as a player? I, I think I'd just uh, say he was he was he was like a magician. You know, like he, like I say, he could do things with the ball that. Actually, I don't think anyone else in the squad could really do. But at the same time, it was kind of a, like Chris said, it was a bit of a flawed appointment because you playing him and Lampard together in the same midfield, you were always going to, you only ever needed one of them and you were always going to pick Lampard. So he was kind of relegated to the sideline a little bit. And it's a shame because I think it was on paper, it should have worked, but it just, it, it didn't work long term. What about I'd you, say- Chris? I'd say he was a a pioneer of the you don't have to be a powerhouse to play in midfield. It, it almost a pioneer of the changing of football in terms of technical players playing in the middle of the pitch. It's a funny thing though, really, because if he had played for well, if he if he was born only a few years later, he probably would have played like attacking midfield, yeah, more than like you know more than central midfield, like almost a bit like where. It would be playing Deco where we played him was a bit like playing one matter in midfield a little mm. bit 
And, I mean, yeah. you know, so yeah. it's uh, they're kind of similarities, you know, sort of like small stature, very creative. And so, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to think because, and when you think about football actually as a whole, is actually those players moved into attacking midfield from a central midfield like Deco was. And now, since then, they've moved back again with like, as the central attacking midfield, mm. like the classic number 10 has kind of gone away. I mean, yeah. he's, for me, he was, he was a unique playmaker combining that intelligence, creativity and magic. I mean, you might not fear you might not fear him in the hundred meters or even on the bench press, but but for vision, intellect, and ability, Deco was one of the most underrated magicians of the game. Who we should we shouldn't forget. I mean, if you want uh, an even deeper breakdown, Deco's career, listeners, uh, take a look on YouTube for a twenty-two minute documentary by Daily Dose of Football that they produce. It's just called "Just How Good Was Deco?" Actually, it, it's it's really recommended viewing. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and yeah, it's worth a listen. It's Definitely worth like a, a listen. sort of like a the streets won't forget kind of player. Oh, that's a good shout. It is, yeah. I mean, is he as good as Morton Gams Pedersen though? I don't know. Oh, or, yeah. or that one season, Adele Tarapt in the <laughs> championship. <laughs> oh, I love I, that. I, really quick, I, you, you mentioned who was that goalkeeper you mentioned earlier? You see, I've just got another one who's popped into my head the other day. Costil Pantilamon. Oh, he, he remember about, him? Is he about fifteen he, foot? Yeah, he was about. He was the tallest player in the Premier League when he played. I think he played for Sunderland, and he was like six foot wow. nine or six damn. foot eight. I think. Oh damn! Oh, I love that. He he. he we can't use him now on their future. Huh, remember him? Can't do it well, now. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, just because he popped into my head. Oh Good dear. Friend oh, of the group. show. A friend of the show. So we move to Lion of the Week. And next up, we are back at the bridge to welcome Nottingham Forest. I mean, before I ask the guys who they're looking at, I mean, the team news is that Chilwell was ruled out, Mason Mount and Reese James as well. But they may play again this season, though. I really hope that James does not because rest the man, rest him. We don't need him. The season's done. But Wesley Fofana is training. Kukure is still out and struggling to play again. Kaladu Kulabali may come back in time before the end. And that was it. So, okay. Thank you. Um, they basically got no defenders. It does sound <laughs> like that. It really does. Uh, yeah. I mean, who who have you got in mind? I, I'm going to jump in straight away. He was he was an absolute monster. Um, oh, sorry. And, I just clicked a random button. No, you know what? It, it's <laughs> worth that because it's going to be spot on. Uh, it's Benoit Balishu again. I, oh. He did such a good job last time. I'm going to choose him again. Nice. What, what do you think, Chris? Um, I'm, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to not pick the just the same people. Um, well, I picked Mudrick last week, and he was absolutely dreadful. So I'm not going to pick him anyway. I think he's all uh, right. I mean, okay. Got six out of ten. Pick Havertz. No, definitely not. I can't Never again. I told you, Ollie. Chris Never can't handle again. doing that. He can't Never handle again. doing that. Never oh. again. I'll tell you, what, I'm going to I'm going to pick someone really random just because if I'm right, it'll look great. Oh. I'm going to pick Ruben Loftus Cheek. Oh, oh that will me, be random. I, he may, I, he's got a chance to play though, doesn't he? That is exactly. true. I mean, I I expected someone to say Lewis Hall. Even though no, I'm still, he will get nah, I, when they're like, gonna oh, he's going to play. play. When I kept hearing, oh, he's going to play a lot in feature in the last four games. And all I thought was five, four games. Yeah, four games. I thought, yeah, he'll get a 10 minute cameo against Newcastle on the final day. 
Yeah, and when then we're like four nil down. And, it, and, and then I'll just, if I'm him, I'm thinking I could be at the World Cup right now. Yeah, and it's I'm such not. a shame that we because we blocked him from going. So I really hope that they do give him the the. The, the, um, they the bloody minutes. better. I mean, I mean, there was talk of Malo Gusto. That's not our decision. That's Leon's decision because he's their player on loan. Yeah, I don't understand why that sort of came up to say, oh, Chelsea did not block a player that's on loan. Another, it doesn't. <laughs> it's over. Oh yeah. Uh, everyone knows my pick. I, I'm going, my man, Noni Madaweke. I've got a. I've, he's going to do it again. He really is. I've got well, absolute a, a high good hopes. Choice. I, 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 what's that, Bert? My, my, my... Bettinelli, Bettinelli. Okay. oh, yeah. he might That's fine. He might play. Um, you know what? I think Bettinelli is Burst's favourite player. <laughs> Picks him every week, doesn't he? Every time. And you know what? And it's only when he's not here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he's missing out today on the Lone Army Carousel, where I'm just, you know, when you know when you're looking for the button because you can't find it. There it is. So the game of categories, you know, if I ask a question, hey. It's got multiple answers. You guys give an, an answer in turn. A winner is the last one standing. If you repeat an answer, you're out. If you repeat, if you get, if you repeat the question again, you're out. Uh, <laughs> if you get one wrong, of course you're out. And if you take too long to answer, you know I'm ready to hit the alarm because it, you have till the end of Jason Kunde asking this question. Has anyone seen Spurs? Oh, now we're in the mood. We're in the mood. So the question is, and Chris asked off air, off air, is it hard? It's not. It's not. So Chelsea have won 11 Premier League games this season. Good God. Yeah, they That have. is terrible. Uh, that's <laughs> name those eight teams we beat. Yes, because you get bragging rights if you can guess the three teams we've done the double over. Yeah, we've done the double over a team. We have three times. <laughs> so... Because I, I think it's only fair. Chris, Chris, uh, can you give me a team? There's, uh, there is eight. Crystal Palace. Uh, Wolves. Uh, Leeds. Ooh, difficult one now. <laughs> you know what? It's been so long since <laughs> they last won a game. That so says uh, our season. Yeah, it says a lot, doesn't it? Um, Leicester. Villa. Oh, oh got... God damn it. Uh, who did we beat the other day? <laughs> Bournemouth. <laughs> West Ham. Oh, uh, I'm trying to think of people in the bottom half because we haven't beaten almost anyone in the top half except Villa. Um, I'm going to go with Everton. They've 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 done it. They've named yes. all eight teams. Fair. Well done. I, 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 well I mean, done, Chris. I did did not expect that. We're going. We'll go for a second round. But can you give me the three teams we did the double over? Uh. Bournemouth? <laughs> yeah, Bournemouth for one. There's another two. Uh, Palace? Yeah, one more. Leicester? Yeah, it's indeed uh, it is. Very well done, Chris. So, drop your quarters back into that carousel. We've got one more trip, and the question is... That's, is a, just... that's a virtual high five. I think that's the first time we've ever, like, you know... No, we, like, that's the first time we've completed the game. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, completely uh, very rare. Anyone getting one wrong. We're very, everyone's like... <laughs> 
Yeah. It's a collector's item, that. It is, really. It really is. Episode 289. Save it in your diaries. <laughs> so you've got a name. <laughs> Every player signed by Chelsea under Todd Bowley's ownership. There are 427 to choose from. There's, a, there's, a, there's actually here all day. there's actually 17 there's only 17 i have double checked these so ollie can you kick us off with one of these 17 names i'll go with mikhailo mudrik uh madoeke enzo fernandez badia shield Has he gone? I don't know if he's... Is he still there? Ollie. He's gone. He's connecting to audio. <laughs> he's just... <laughs> he's like he, yeah, yeah, sure. You pulled out your phone and went on Google. <laughs> yeah. resigned, resigned. Right, come on. No, come no, on. it's... Uh, okay, uh, Cesare Cassidy. That is a great shout, by the way. Thank you. Uh, it's a good shout. I saw he got uh, player of the month in the in the championship book today uh, on Twitter. So. Oh, fair. fair Chris enough. did say Kulabali. I did. Uh, Cucurella. Sterling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carney Chocolmecca. Oh. Good shout. Uh, Albamiang. He's on there. David Datro Fofana. Nice. Um, I've got two more. Six. The There's six left. <laughs> Wesley Fafana. I thought I said Fafana, didn't I? I can't remember. You said Datro. Yeah. No, but earlier one. on. Oh well. Uh, no, I don't. I, think you did. I don't think you did. Okay. In case I didn't, um, I will go with Malagusto. Good shout again. Apparently 31 million. Fucking hell. <laughs> I've got the fees uh, next to them. <laughs> I think I might be out here, you know. You've got four. Has anyone seen Spurs? Need a name. No, no. I've gone blank. Oh, I've, I, Ollie's won that. Yeah. Can you name the other four, though? Oh, do you know what? I had another one in my head, but I've I've completely forgotten it. Um, I'm trying to think back to January because we signed. So oh, many I've just thought of another one. Oh, go on, Chris. <laughs> no, you do you know what? I, You're out. But what what was you thinking? Yeah, go on, Chris. Dennis Zakaria. Yeah. Oh, um, Felix. And Kunku. Yeah. No, no, he's not official. Oh, I'll count on. that. It's not official. It's not official oh, until he's holding up the shirt. We've talked about this before. Come on, between us, we can get the last two. You've got two more. Were they in the summer or were they in January? Do you know? Oh, Andre Santos. He is there, yeah. There's one more. Good shout. Uh, Is it like a a really young kid? It is. Is it that Kendry Perez? It is not. Signed from the MLS. Oh, Slanina. Slanina. Yes, it ah, is. I never would have got him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Without you saying MLS, I never would have got that because he was like the first one, I think. 
He might have been one of the first. We've signed a lot of bloody players. <laughs> Jesus, 17 signings like in, in less than a year. It's a lot. It's a, No wonder they're changing in the parking lot. It's not a shock. In um, fairness, though, that was another good showing in the second round. Because normally, show, we yeah. only, normally we only get like two answers and then the game's over. Yeah, oh, yeah, usually. that Mikey has to rattle off 15 names and sort of like half <laughs> yeah. of the Oh, yeah, don't, played don't in the get 60s. me wrong. You're, you all suck, usually. It's so terrible, <laughs> dreadful. Oh, it's easy when you've got the answers. <laughs> it is, it's really, it's so easy, so easy. So we're at the end of another episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, treat yourself well. Enjoy your weekend, whatever you're doing. We're going to be back Monday. Check out the news. Will Pochettino have officially signed? Who bloody knows? And um, we can talk all things Nottingham Forest. So till next time, listeners, that will be us signing off. You've been listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At The Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.